estimate that uh, even the most introverted person will influence somewhere in the neighborhood of 10,000 people over the course of their lifetime. Uh, granted, that, that impact may fluctuate from, from individual to individual. You know, there are those who have a more direct impact, a more direct influence in our lives, and those who have perhaps a more indirect influence. Uh, but still, I find that number to be staggering. This is one of those statistics that's been around for a while. If you've read John Maxwell or if you've read about influence, you've probably come across this uh, statistic before. I suspect that in a world like ours where social, social media has just kind of taken over and with the accessibility of the internet, we might need to adjust this. It might be more like 20 or 30,000. I don't know. But, but regardless, that's a, a really uh, staggering and sobering thought. Think about the, the number of people that we are impacting and influencing really without even trying. And that, to me, kind of begs the question, what would happen if we chose to be just a little more intentional about our influence? If we decided to put forth just a little extra effort, maybe a little extra time into being a more positive influence in someone else's life, think about the ramifications. If I made an effort to be a more direct influence rather than an indirect influence in someone else's life, Think about how many people, my, my life, how many people I could influence. If I can influence, you and I can influence somewhere in the neighborhood of 10,000 people without even trying, what would happen if we tried? <laughs> or even if the, the number of people remained the same. Think about the quality of that influence, how it could be improved with just a little bit of intentionality, right? I mean, you might go from being a rather indirect influence over someone to being a more direct influence in their life. See, that little bit of intentionality, it can increase both the, the quantity but also the quality of our influence. And that's, that's really kind of the, the central idea for, for where we find ourselves today. Today we kick off this new series that will just take us through the month of August, so a short series, but... We'll spend this month thinking about what it means for us to be intentional about our influence. And if you can read the, the little tagline there, we're talking about everyday opportunities to make an eternal difference. We do have those opportunities every single day to make a difference in someone's life. We have an opportunity to be a positive influence to those around us. And most of all, we have an opportunity to make an eternal difference in the lives of the people around us. And so over the next several weeks, we will spend our time talking about those spheres of influence, all right, those places where we spend the majority of our time. So we're going, we'll talk about what it means for us to be intentional about our influence at work. We'll talk about what it means for us to be intentional about our influence at home, what it means for us to focus on, on a greater level of influence, even in our own community, in our own city, but today, as Leah's already said, we're talking about and focusing in on the school year that begins for, for many of our students this week. What would it be like if we were intentional about our influence even there? I want to ask you to think about the people who have had the greatest impact on your life. The people that you would say have been the most influential in your life. And if I were to ask you to name the top five or maybe ten people who have had the greatest influence in your life. I doubt very seriously that you're going to name some Hollywood icon, right? Uh, I doubt very seriously you're going to name some sort of celebrity. No, you're going to name real people. Real people with whom you, you have a real relationship. So you're, you'll name people like, you know, your spouse if you're married. 
You'll name your parents as, as people who've had a tremendous influence over you. Maybe some grandparents were especially important in your life. Maybe you'll talk about a, a best friend, a college roommate. Maybe it was a, a teammate of yours that just had a tremendous impact on you. Maybe it was like Randy prayed a moment ago. Maybe it was a teacher. Maybe it was a, a high school coach. Maybe it was, you know, a coworker. Maybe you had someone who, who took you under their wing and kind of showed you the ropes at work. I don't know who it would be, but I guarantee you that those are the kinds of people that would come to mind for you as you think about those who have the greatest influence in your life. It's real people. And I would go so far as to say they're not just real people, they're ordinary people, right? They're ordinary people just like you and me, but their influence has been nothing short of extraordinary in your life. And this is where we, we come to one of the essential things I think we need to realize as we, as we talk about influence, okay? You are on somebody's list right now. As we talk about the, the people who are most influential, people who have the greatest impact and the most influence upon us in our lives, I just want you to know that you are on somebody's list. Somebody right now, if we were to pose that question to everybody that you knew, there are going to be more people who would identify you as being a person of influence in their life. More people would say that than you probably even realize. You see, we, we underestimate our influence far too often. And I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just a sense of humility that we were brought up with. Maybe just, you know, we don't want to think too highly of ourselves. But I just want you to know your influence is tremendous. And I think that's what makes this kind of conversation really timely for us. These words and this thought that we'll be centering around, we'll be talking about, it, it comes directly from the word of Jesus. And you'll see his words here from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. He says, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men, Jesus says, that they may see your good deeds, and that when they see those good deeds, then they will praise your Father in heaven. See, when Jesus says that we are the light of the world, what he's doing, he's calling us to a life of godly influence, right? He's assuming that we live in a world that is devoid of light and a world that is in need of light. So when he says that we are to be the light of the world, he's saying, I want you to wield godly influence. That's a word for all of us. When he talks about being the light of the world, he's actually tapping into an idea that has ancient roots in the Old Testament. So there are two places in the prophecy of Isaiah, Isaiah 42, verse 6, and Isaiah 49, verse 6, where God says to his people, in essence, I want you to be a light to the Gentiles. God is saying, I've given you my word, I've given you these commands so that you might live them out. And that in the living out of this word, that you would be a contrast to those around you. The idea is that God's truthfulness and his faithfulness and his love and all of that would be demonstrated through Israel. And so he's reminding them, I want you to be a light to the Gentiles or to use the language that Jesus uses, to be a light to the world. And that's where we come to an, uh, one of the, the undergirding premises of this series. Old Testament to New Testament, right up to the very present, God has always intended for his people to be a positive influence in the world. That's God's idea. God gives you these relationships. He gives you credibility. He gives you influence. And he wants you to leverage those in positive ways, in ways that make a difference for the kingdom of God. 
And so Jesus is just picking up this Old Testament where Isaiah left it off, picking up this, this idea from the Old Testament where Isaiah left it off. He's picking up that idea and he's bringing it right there to his original audience. So all those who are gathered on that mountainside to hear this word, you are the light of the world. And he brings that word directly to us as well. You are to be the light of the world, Jesus says. And we should let that light shine so that others can see that light and give glory and honor to God. You see, the way Jesus sees it, your influence should never be underestimated. The way Jesus sees it, it's ordinary people, right? Ordinary people like you and me who have the opportunity to be a light to others. So again, you're on somebody's list. It's an ordinary person like you or like me who's having a tremendous impact on someone else around you. Unfortunately, we don't talk about that with one another, right? We don't normally delve into those kinds of deep conversations. Our conversations stay a little more surface level, and that's, that's okay. But if we took the time to really open up and say those words to the people that matter the most, I think you would be blown away to know the way that you are an influence, a positive influence in someone else's life. Jesus says so. So today, let's just take Jesus at his word, all right? I want to dim the house lights here for just a second, and I want, I want to draw your attention to this light that's here on the stage, all right? It's really dark now, right? Uh, this is this single uh, light bulb. It's, it's one small, small light. And yet from every corner of this room, from every part of this room, your eye is immediately drawn to it. There's some lights in the back and in the balcony that we can't kill, but for the most part, this is the one light that's here in this room, right? And yet, your eye is, is drawn to it. We, we see what one light can do to impact the darkness around it. And we, we wouldn't underestimate the impact of this light. If we want to see just what this light is doing, we turn this light off, and then we're sitting in here in total darkness. We're not going to do that. But there's a line from that video that we just watched, and it says, even the smallest light pierces the darkness. And that's true, isn't it? It is absolutely true that even the smallest light has the potential to, to fend back the darkness. The darkness goes running whenever we have just this one single light on. The darkness is just the absence of light, and yet with just this one light, that darkness has receded. And imagine the impact if we were to take multiple lights and put them throughout the room. How many would it take for us to bring uh, the, the same level of light that it would it re require for us to have the house lights back on. I don't know, but I know this. I know the impact of this one single light is tremendous in this room. And so in the video, we saw that the darkness, it's, it's represented by those broken light bulbs. Did you see that? They're broken and they're laying there on the ground, and that represents the world of brokenness and darkness that we live in. Yet it is when we see that light of Christ that illuminates our hearts. That's when things begin to be put back together for us. That's when we become a new creation. And that's when we become capable of living out what Jesus says, that we too are the light of the world. We can only be the light of the world by recognizing that he first is the light of the world. And so today we wouldn't dare underestimate the power and the impact of this one light. Again, does it light up the entire room? No, but you see it from where you sit. And in much the same way, Jesus calls to us and he says, don't underestimate your influence. You are to be the light of the world. And what that means to be the light of the world is to be light for the world. 
just as this light represents light for us in this dark space, so too do we, as people of influence, have an opportunity to be light to the world. All right, let's bring the house lights back up. Cover your eyes. Here it comes. It's going to be a little bright. What I want to do now is I want to turn our attention to a passage of Scripture from the Old Testament that really helps demonstrate what happens when we underestimate our influence. It comes from the book of 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel 23. You'll see these words on the screen. During the harvest time, it says, three of the 30 chief men came, from, came down to David to the cave of Adullam, while the band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephaim. At that time, David was in the stronghold, and the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David longed for water, and he said, Oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So the three mighty men broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem, and carried it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. Far be it from me, O Lord, to do this, he said. Is it not the blood of men who went at the risk of their own lives? And David would not drink it. David does something that I think we're sometimes guilty of as well. He failed to realize the power of his words because he failed to realize his influence. So again, you have this standoff between the Philistines and the Israelites, and, and the, the, the Philistines are actually occupying uh, Bethlehem. And so David makes this offhand comment. He says, you know, boy, that water from that well right there by the gate to Bethlehem, that water is fantastic. Man, I wish I had some of that water. David would know because this is his hometown, right? So just like you know the best place to get barbecue in your hometown, or you know the best place to get a hamburger in your hometown, David knows this is the best water in town. And so he makes this comment. Now, he doesn't command anybody to do anything. He just says, boy, that water, that's fantastic. But that's where he kind of underestimates his influence because these three mighty men hear him say that, and they serve the king. And guess what? When you serve the king, the king wants water. The king gets water. So these guys, they take their swords out, and they start hacking and cutting their way behind enemy lines, you know. We don't know how many Philistines they've got to kill, but they're, you know, hacking and cutting and sawing their way through the enemy lines, and they get to the well, and they draw the water, and they come running back. They bring it to David. Now picture King David. You know, he's sitting there. He's camped out in the cave. He's just meeting with his generals, you know, and all of a sudden, these guys come running in. They're bloody, and they're tattered, and they've got this bucket of well water, and they put it down in front of the king. What does David say? What are you guys doing? I didn't, I didn't mean for you to risk your life to go get me water. It's just water. I was just saying the water tastes good. And you guys go and you risk your life. And he won't even drink the water. He pours it out. He's not being, he's not being disrespectful at all. In fact, he is honoring these men by pouring that water out. He makes it a drink offering to the Lord. And he says, this is like their blood they risked for me. So the only thing I can do, I can't drink this. Instead, I give it over to you, O oh God. David, David miscalculates his influence. And that's the important thing I want to emphasize from this. By, by miscalculating his influence, what David has done, he's put other people in harm's way. He has underestimated and miscalculated his influence. So the question for us today is this, oh, what about you and what about me? Am I underestimating my influence? Am I taking seriously my influence, the influence I have 
in my sphere, in my, my circle of friends, my family, the people that I, I do life with, okay? Am I underestimating that? And to go a little bit further, just like with David, is my miscalculation of my influence, is that putting somebody else in harm's way? Have I put somebody else in harm's way because of maybe my behavior, the things I'm doing, the things I'm saying? And to me, it's just sort of flippant. I'm not even understanding that there's someone waiting in the wings. There's someone watching and absorbing and taking it all in. Is my miscalculation of my own influence putting someone else in harm's way? Well, we'll continue to talk about that for the rest of this month. That'll be kind of our, again, our focus and our emphasis is on just being intentional about our influence, but but that's, uh, before we move on from, from this, I just want just to let you know that you'll probably hear me say this a million different ways over the next several weeks, but this is kind of the core of what I hope to communicate every week. It's just a little reminder, just a little gentle nudge for you and for me to be intentional about our influence. Because a little bit of intentionality, it goes a long way. We want to be purposeful about letting our light shine before men, as Jesus says. We want to be really, really purposeful about shining that light in the places where God calls us to shine that light. So again, at work and home and in our neighborhoods, but today as we're thinking about what it means for school, and not to just dim that light, not to mute that light. You remember the little VBS song we used to sing? This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Do we even sing that anymore? I don't know. That's a like, classic VBS song, This Little Light of Mine, right? I'm going to let it shine. Uh, and it's, it's really easy to learn. It's very repetitive. But you get to the part where it says, you know, hide it under a bushel. No, right? Hide it under, what is a bushel anyways? I don't, we don't even use that language anymore. The song was written in the 1850s apparently. But the idea is like, I'm going to dim my light. I'm going to mute my light. And the answer is no way. Wherever I go, I want to let my light shine. Because influence is always, right? Influence is like 24-7. You can't just like turn it on and turn it off. You have a greater influence than you probably even recognize. So let's be intentional about our influence. So today for the rest of our time, what I want to do is just I want to shift gears. I want to talk just to our students, okay? Parents, you can listen if you want to. But I, I just want to talk to uh, our kindergarten students. So if you're in kindergarten there's not a lot that happens here that you may think like really pertains to you. A lot of times you may even be in Celebration Station, but you're not there today and you're climbing all over mom and dad. So if you're in kindergarten, like listen up because I want to talk with you. And if you're in college, if you're about to go off to college, you're about to go back to school, okay, I want to talk with you. And then everybody like all points in between, okay. So again, if you don't fall into that range, I mean, you know, you can listen if you want to. But I really just want to say a few words to, to our students because you have an opportunity, as you go back to school, boys and girls, you have an opportunity to, to live out what Jesus is talking about right here. Because all of you are, are back in school, you know, this week, or you started last week, or if you're in college, you've got another week or two before you go. But I want you to think about the opportunity you have to leverage your influence, to use your influence, to be a light to others in your school. See, sometimes I think, boys and girls, I think sometimes you can be a lot like David. And what I mean by that is you can underestimate your influence. You might not think you can do a whole lot for the kingdom of God. You might think, well, I don't have very much money or you know, I don't have very much power. And that, that may be true, but here's what you have. You have relationships. 
And no matter where you are in your life, you have relationships. And that, it's, at certain stages of life, those are like the most precious commodities. You don't need me to tell you. You get to middle school, you get to high school. I mean, your relationships mean everything to you. And so having those relationships, I mean, that's, that's like so important to you. And, and even if you're younger, in elementary school, you know, you want to know, like, do I have friends in my class? Do I know anybody who's going to be around me? So like wherever we find ourselves in school, those relationships are really, really important. And that's where I think God wants you to be really intentional about shining this light. You'll be spending somewhere, you know, seven or eight hours a day, five days a week, for the next 40 weeks, all right, you'll be spending that amount of time with your fellow classmates. That's somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 1600 hours. That's a lot of time, right? So what does that mean? That means your influence among your peers is incredible. Whether you realize it or not, you're influencing your peers. The question is, is it going to be a positive influence or will it be a negative influence? Right? That's the question. Guys, you're, you're influencing your teachers. You will be an influence over your teachers this year, right? If you don't believe that, go talk to a teacher. They'll tell you, yeah, these kids can, can be an influence. They can impact you. So the question is, is it going to be a positive influence or is it going to be a negative influence? For your administrators, for your coaches, you will be a positive influence or a negative influence on your campus, you will help, help set the tone. It's just a matter of what is that tone going to be. Is it going to be a godly spiritual tone or is it going to be something else? That's really the question. So we've had a great summer. And some of these pictures, that you, it reminds you. In the youth group, it reminds you of camp. It reminds you of trek, you know. If you're in, in the children's ministry, it can remind you of some of the fun things that have been going on. So we've had this great summer. Mr. Lee was talking a minute ago just about all the great things that have gone on. So if you talk to... Uh, to Randy and Logan and our children's ministry staff, they can tell you all the things that happen with our younger ones and how those kids are like on fire for the Lord. If you talk to our youth ministry staff, they'd say, yeah, the same thing. We can tell you all about that. Our college ministry staff, they could talk all about the ways in which our, our kids have just been fired up. They've been on fire for the Lord. These lights have just been, you know, glowing. But now that school starts back, there's a real temptation. And you guys know what I'm talking about especially. It's this temptation to go dark right? It's that temptation where, okay, I'm, I'm, I've been around all these other light bulbs, and, you know, their light has, like, rubbed off on me, so now I'm shining the light, and it's all coming from the light of the Lord, you know, it's all just really, really good and great, but then I get back to the routine, and I get back to school where, okay, I'm around kids who maybe they didn't go on that mission trip. They didn't have a literal mountaintop experience spiritually, or they didn't go to vacation Bible school, or, you know, a kid who didn't spend their summer serving the Lord, or, you know, they, they just, for whatever reason, they're not as on fire for God. So the temptation is, when I'm around that person, that's where the temptation is to kind of put the, put the light on the dimmer switch, right? And kind of just sort of let it wilt, where I'm not, I'm not completely, like, covering up the light, but I'm sure not as, you know, out there and on fire and letting the light glow. That temptation to kind of just go dark. It's, it's real, you know? Some of you faced that already this week as you went back to school. And so that temptation, I know, is very, very real. But today, today, guys, I just want to encourage you to let the word of, of Christ lead you here, to let that light shine, to not put it on a dimmer switch, but to just let what God has been doing through you all summer, to let that shine through throughout this upcoming school year. You know, to be intentional about your 
influence. And there's a place in Scripture that reminds us of this. It's 1 Timothy 4. It says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. It basically, Paul's saying, if that's the worst anybody can say about you, then that's really lame. You know? If somebody wants to look down on you because you're young, just you know, get out of bed tomorrow. You're one day older. That's all you can really do. All right? So if, if there's somebody in your life trying to convince you that you can't do something for the kingdom of God, they're wrong. That's a lie. And you know that to be true. I'm just reminding you of it. Okay? But what he says there is then you can set an example. You can be a leader. You can lead this church by setting an example. That word example means an, an imprint. It's like a, the same word that's used for a coin, right? So you take a penny out. You look, you've got Abraham Lincoln's picture on it, right? That's an imprint. It means to leave a lasting mark. What's your legacy? What's the mark going to be because of your intentionality this school year? So again, will your campus bear the mark of, of the light of Christ or will it bear some other mark? So he says, you can be a leader. You set an example. And he says, in these five ways, and this is so simple. Speech is what you say. Your life is what you do. Set an example in love and faith and purity. So that's heart and soul and body. Or like Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, which comes from your body, okay? And what the Word of God is saying is that you can lead and be an example in those ways. Those are the ways in which God says, I want you to be an example. I want you to let your light shine through the way that you speak, the words that you use through your behavior, through, through the life that you live that's on display, the way that you, you love from your heart and from the faith that just comes from your soul and with the purity that comes from the Spirit of God alive in your body, that is what the Word of God says it looks like for a young person to let their light shine and to be a person of influence. So guys, I, I want to just remind you of that today. We're going to close by doing something a little differently. Um, we're going to sing a song, but it's not an invitation song in the traditional sense. Normally we all stand and ask people to respond, so we're going to do something a little differently. Number one, I need all of you to sit. So it'll be a knee-jerk reaction as soon as Matt leads us in that song. You'll want to stand up, but you'll be the only one. So don't do that. Don't stand up. I don't want to embarrass you. But what I want to ask, I, I do want to ask our students who we've just been talking to to join me on the stage during this song. So again, if you're in kindergarten, all the way up through college, all right, as soon as Matt starts singing, don't be bashful, because everybody wants to go eat lunch, all right? So we're not getting out of here until you get on the stage. So I want you to come up, and I want you to get on the stage here with me. And I've got one thing I want to give you, and then one thing I want to do with you before we conclude, all right? So again, kindergarten to college, anywhere in between there, while Matt leads us in this song, y'all don't stand, just sit, but kids, come up to the stage, all right?
All right. I think we have everybody. We were ready to sing like another five verses of that song if we needed to. We had people coming from the balcony and everywhere. But um, So that song that we just sang, guys, okay, it's called Surround Us, O Lord. Oh, we got some runaways. It's okay. <laughs> you can come back if you want to. It's okay. Uh, that song we just sang, it's called Surround Us, O Lord, right? And we sing that song because we're trying to say to God, we want you to surround us and put your arms around us. And we, we sing that and we mean that, okay? But today, we sing it as your church family and we sing it about you. Because what we're wanting to do is really focus right now and say, God, would you surround these boys and girls with your presence as you start back to school? Some of you are so, like, little bitty and tiny, and you're just, like, starting school, right? And some of you are so big, like, I don't think we'd have room on the stage for you. You guys are so tall. You're, you know, seniors in high school and college age. But, like, this is just, this is, okay, church family, these are our sons and our daughters, our grandsons, our granddaughters. They represent an opportunity to be a light on their campus, right? Guys, you represent an opportunity to be what Jesus said, to be a light to the world. And as your church family, we just want to remind you of that and encourage you to do that. And we are so proud of you. These pictures kind of take us there and give us a little glimpse of what you, what's gone on this summer. But I want you to know we are so proud of what God is doing through you and the ways that you are growing to become young ladies and young men who are on fire for the Lord. All right? I want to give you one thing here, and Matt and Lee are going to pass these baskets around. Just pass them through as quickly as you can. I'm going to talk to your moms and dads about what this is, but it's just a little sticker for you guys, okay? Um, this, we've got a, a sticker here that has a light bulb that says, let it shine, and it has uh, today's uh, theme, intentional influence, and it has the verse from Matthew down here, all right? So uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys to take one of these and uh, just find a place where you can put it, Okay. Maybe it's like on your locker, maybe it's like on your phone case, uh, maybe you want to put it, I don't know, uh, somewhere in your room where you can see it. But every time that you, that you see this, I just want you to remember this idea of this, this light in this dark space. And I want you to remember that Jesus tells us that no matter how old you are, no matter how small or how big, that we all can be this kind of light and that when we let the light of God shine through us, guys, we're the light of the world just like Jesus tells us to be, okay? We love you all, and we're proud of you, and as your church family, we always will be, okay? So, I want to say a prayer for you, and then when we're done praying, here's the thing, I don't get up and go just yet, all right? Matt's going to lead us in another verse of a song because i got to get all these kids back to you, okay? And we don't want anybody getting smushed and stepped on, all right? So don't get up and go when we say amen. We'll let you go in just a second. But guys, again, we love you. We want you to be intentional about your influence. We want you to be the light of the world, okay? All right, let's pray together. Father in heaven, God, you're so good to us. And God, what we see on this stage represents so much of your goodness in the lives of our families, the, the dads and moms, the grandparents, the, just the church family that is so blessed to have so many young people. God, I am just overwhelmed at what is on this stage. 
the, the precious little ones that you have created in your image, God. I just pray, pray right now for every single one of them. I pray that you would uh, encourage them, Father, to, to take the word of Christ seriously, to be a light to the world, God. That to be a light in the world is to be light for the world. So I, I'm praying for their campuses, I'm praying for their schools, I'm praying for their friends, for their peers, for their teachers, for their coaches, for their college roommates, God, for some of them as they leave us, God. I'm praying for all, all of those people who will come in contact with these precious little ones on this stage, God. Lord, may you remind every one of us what it means for us to be intentional about our influence. Father, we love you so much, and we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, guys.